Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? It's time for the Famous Dead People podcast. That's right, the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and today on the show we have German fashion designer and clothing manufacturer Hugo Boss and American comic book writer and co-creator of the character Batman, Bob Kane. It was a fascinating talk. Before we get to the episode, a couple of quick announcements. Don't forget that you can always check out the freshest episodes every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. You can email us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org with any questions, comments, concerns, or if you have requests for famous people you want to have on the show, buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now, and it is hilarious. Rate and review the podcast, subscribe, tell your friends, leave a comment. Go to my website, jarrettberenstein.com, for all the latest updates on upcoming shows and whatnot. And mark your calendars. Save the date, March 24th at 9 p.m. I'm going to be doing my annual birthday show at the Magnet Theater. This one's called The Sporty 40. That's March 24th, Sunday, March 24th at 9 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Bob Kane and Hugo Boss only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Oh, you know, famous dead people, famous dead people, famous stories stuck in the head. My guests today on Famous Dead People are 20th century American comic book writer and artist, co-creator of the DC comic book character Batman, Bob Kane. I made Batman! You sure did. And 19th century German fashion designer and businessman, founder of the clothing company Hugo Boss, Mr. Hugo Boss. Oh boy, here we go. Hi. Uh, (laughs) uh, Mr. Boss, Mr. Kane. Thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Yes, Uh, yes. I'm happy to be here. It is my pleasure. I have not felt happiness in a long time, but this is the closest approximation I can feel. Well, let's get into that in just a moment. I want to start off with Bob Kane, if I may. Ooh, me! So, you are obviously most well-known for the character Batman. Secret Squirrel! Sorry, Batman. (laughs) Secret Squirrel? Secret Squirrel! Was Secret Squirrel a character that you created, Bob Kane? I made Made him. I believe you. I believe you. Who is Secret Squirrel? Where do we get started on Secret Squirrel? He was a squirrel who was a spy. He's the best idea other than the Batman that I ever created. He was Mm. a squirrel who ran around having adventures, fighting the Russians. Wonderful, wonderful purple hat and lovely long trench coat. Yes, a little bit like uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle, right? Like, because they were always fighting Boris and Natasha, who were the Russians. I don't know who they are. They must have ripped me off, Bob Kane. That sounds about right. A fountain of ideas. (laughs) Okay. So besides Secret Squirrel, obviously your most famous character is Batman. The Batman. Batman. The Grim Avenger. He has become immensely popular character. Yes. Feverishly the devoted. The most popular character ever created by anyone singularly. You know, I'm not going to deny that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman, he's got he's got a great fan base. And Prince, so- Prince sings about him. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> so- Prince does sing about Batman. He sings a song about Batman. And it involves a dance. It, it does. Yes, it's a, a song dance. and a dance. Bat dance. So That's I, how you know. I have a lot of questions, but what I found most interesting about Batman was how it changed 
from your original conception to what it is today. So you're a liar. According- I thought of it. I mean, I thought of him. He sprung out of my head like Athena coming out of Zeus's head. Well, very much. I I, I will agree with Jared. I mean, at oh, the very no. beginning, he was a murderer. Yes. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's not put the cart before the horse here. So let's just talk about the original conception. All right. According to the Wikipedia, your original design was much more flamboyant, mm-hmm. bright, bright, flashy <laughs> colors, red tights, red tights, red tights, domino mask, generally more Superman like than what we know today to be Batman. Yes, Batman, the Grim Avenger and his red tights <laughs> and his domino mask and his unflexible bat winged cape. Yes. He okay. would swoop down off of a rope and say to the criminals, uh, uh, criminals i'm the batman and they would be filled with fright and blinded by his red tights (laughs) okay so this is the design but even if you go back to the very first batman comic book Mm -hmm. it doesn't look like that so obviously some changes uh had to be made changes that i thought of myself of course (laughs) give him him gloves if you insist yeah so you just self-edited yourself you just looked at your own design i self-collaborated i see okay i went inside myself and spoke to myself and said what would make this character really pop Mm -hmm. and then i gave my ideas to my compatriots working in my sweatshop i mean (laughs) my studio okay and then they did the work for me. Mm-hmm. But, but, which but is I, essentially you doing the work for yourself because oh, yes. you hired these people. You I know? hired them. Yeah. Listen, man, I, I understand hierarchies and mm-hmm. this type of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I get you. Yeah, I mean, if you if there was anybody in, in the world that I could put next to you, Bob Kane, who would be sympathetic to this, it would be Hugo Boss. But yes. we will get there in just a moment. I'm there. loving it. I'm loving learning about Hugo Boss and how we're similar. So, Because uh, you know so much about me, correct? <laughs> oh, well. Well, uh, yeah, sure. We will all learn a lot about Hugo Boss. I today. kind of want to know what Bob Kane knows about me <laughs> right off the bat, just before we go into you more. You make the clothes. Mm-hmm. Is that everything? Is you that are it? a clothes man. I agree that that is the most important thing about my personality. Uh, I think we can important? all agree. I think that's pretty much number one with a bullet. Uh, uh, I don't you make, know. You make suits, suits that I've worn to film premieres for <laughs> oh. my famous character, the Batman. Oh, oh my first god! First of all, thank you. Yes, I had no idea that you were uh, that you were decked out in a Hugo Boss suit for the premiere of Batman and I all of the films, all the Hugo Batman Boss movies. suits. All right, me so, all the time. I'm Let's, feeling buttered up and pass so, me that Kaiser roll. Here is the thing. All right, so whether or not what you what you do, Hugo Boss making clothes, is the most important fact about you, I we will. This is what we should talk about the most. We I think will, it's the most in, I- interesting well, there's thing. A, no, there's way more interesting stuff about you, Hugo. Oh, boy. But we will get to that. So I wanted to talk about, because we talked a little bit about how the design of Batman changed. Mm-hmm. But I want to know if you had already made any decisions about what like uh, Batman's powers would be or what his origin story would be uh, that you then, you know... Uh, developed or had changed throughout because like red tights you didn't have red tights you know we don't get the origin story at all in my the first initial comic. idea for batman <laughs> okay yeah. was that he was a man who fell into a vat of bats <laughs> <laughs> and then okay. developed the power 
powers of a bat. Okay, so yes. let's talk about these powers then. All right, what what can this guy do? <laughs> the vision, the ability to see in the nighttime. <laughs> does he, does he, because uh, bats can do their echolocation. Does Batman do echolocation also? Yes, he cries out into the night. <laughs> My parents are dead. And then he uses the echolocation to find his arch nemesis, the Joker. Okay. Which is very smart because if it is dark and you start screaming, my parents are dead, people will most likely, if they hear you, come to you. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is true. Even if they're your arch nemesis, the Joker. The Joker comes. The Joker, the Joker like, says, I'm did I hear correctly? <laughs> your parents are dead. It must be my nemesis, Okay, Batman. Okay, hold on a second. And so, then they have a tete-a-tete. So that's the thing. A tete-a-tete? Yes. A conversation? A tete-a-tete means a, a heated conversation. Is tete-a-tete uh, other uh, onomatopoeias you like to draw? Biff, bam, pow! It's me, Bob Kane. Yes, that's right. People were having conversations. You just write tete-a-tete in big letters. Tete-a-tete! Exclamation point! Yes. So you had, before the first strip had ever been drawn, you had already decided about what Batman's origin story would be, that his parents were dead. Is that that what you're saying? Yes! Wonderful. And is it the exact same thing that we know today of going to the theaters or movie, they leave the movie or Certainly the- not! Ooh, okay, so how I did they die? I did some self-editing. Okay, so what Originally, was the first his parents died because they had too much cholesterol in their diets. Mm. An- another tragedy. An unhealthy mm. diet, originally. Unhealthy diet, and they died young. Mm. Too many eggs. Gotcha. <laughs> the, the Wayne family. The Wayne uh, family. Fabulously wealthy in the original version, or was Bruce Wayne a different kind of character before... He developed into what he is today. In the original version, mm-hmm. they were living on Skid Row. Oh, okay. But then the parents died, and then it turned of cholo- out... Of cholesterol. Of cholesterol poisoning. But that's a good twist, because if they live on Skid Row, you would think it would be like ruffians or crime. But You would think, of cholesterol. but it was, a, it was a medical cause, and it took a long time for the two of them to die <laughs> in the hospital. pow. <laughs> wow. But then Bruce Wayne discovers... That his father, Wayney Wayne, was <laughs> his father Wayney. Yes, his father Wayney Wayne was not Wayne. even not even Wayne Wayne, just Wayney Wayne. <laughs> Wayney Wayne, yes, that Wayney Wayne was hiding a fortune from him that the family had made in the diamond trade. Interesting. <laughs> That's so interesting. Because why wouldn't they use that money? There's a lot to unpack there, and I like how. It's not just a mystery. They felt residual guilt from the way that they made that money. Well, they just buried the money. Okay. Yes. Uh, let's move over to Hugo Boss for just a moment. We're getting a lot of great Batman information here. Yeah, but I'm learning a lot because I knew a lot about Batman and all of this brand new All of info. this is new information. Fanboys beware. Bob <laughs> Kane is on the air to dispel some myths. All right, so let's go back over to Hugo Boss for a moment. So your eponymous company, Hugo Boss, is still yes. active and extremely successful today, but... Now, like, I don't know if we know to do a but. Like, it's pretty good. I started a company so back then. Yeah, yeah. Still going strong. Here's the thing. Like many companies, mm-hmm. yours had humble beginnings. Oh, uh, yes. You had a number of jobs before you settled into manufacturing closing. You did an apprenticeship as a merchant. Uh, you were in the military for two years before, before World War One. Uh, and you worked in a weaving mill all before taking over your parents' lingerie shop in 1908. Yeah. So yeah. I wanted to ask you some questions about the lingerie shop. Before I ask oh, you about please that, do. before I ask you about that, I'm wondering if you had all these other jobs because you were looking for a way out of the family business or were you looking for like just 
to have a couple of fun years before you took over the lingerie business? Like, what was your attitude towards your, um, uh, you know, your, what's, what's the word for something that you inherit, your heritage or My, whatever? Uh, your inheritance. Your inheritance. <laughs> Uh, my legacy. Your legacy, exactly. What was yes. your attitude towards your legacy? Well, I mean, I I feel like uh, clothes have always been in my blood, mm. very literally. Mm. All of us boss children are in uh, injected with at least a couple strands Ooh. of uh, string, just so we, like they can drive the metaphor home. I hear that if that's something that you are passionate about, you should just put it into a syringe and put it into your body because your body is like really good at absorbing those sort of things. Yeah. It generally doesn't have any like negative side effects. No. You know? It's like learning while you sleep. Yes. That's why I injected comic book paper into my veins. <laughs> see, the science yeah. holds up. And Bob Kane lived to a, to a ripe old age, so there's no danger in that. I no. don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, closing has always been my passion. Mm. Uh, so walking away from that is kind of like... I. I uh, are you familiar with the term rumspringer? Rumspringer, yes. Rumspringer, of course, is the uh, Amish year off. That is, every Amish person takes a year off of being Amish to do whatever they like. They can party, they can use electricity, they can drive cars, whatever. As illustrated in my classic 1945 story, Robin's Rumspringer! <laughs> I wasn't aware that Robin had a rumspringer. I wasn't aware Robin was Amish. So Robin t- took a Batman rumspringer? Is that ba- what he did? Robin took a little break from Batman. Oh. That was his rumspringer. May what I ask it? which Robin this was? This, this had, was had to be Dick my Grayson, Robin. Right? Dick Grayson! Yes, right. Had to be Dick Grayson. Aerialist extraordinaire! Mm-hmm. So, uh... The rumspringer that Robin took, what were some of the things that he did when he was like... He went bowling! <laughs> He loved it. He had a good time. Yeah, he ate a Reuben. (laughs) These are all things that Batman would not have allowed. Batman was a stern taskmaster. And you can't eat a Reuben if you're going to be like wearing like the skin tights with the abs and the fighting punches. You gotta make sure you're nice and svelte. It Mm -hmm. would have made his tuchus too big for those (laughs) green panties that I put him in. Which was a brilliant stroke, by the way. My favorite part. I was a master clothing designer. Yeah, Batman, all sorts of dark tones. He could be hidden in the night. But let's put his sidekick in as bright and colorful of a costume as humanly possible. Yes, Robin leapt around like a ball of light. Almost bringing like a, light to Batman's dark world. A human distraction if you will. Mm. It was like, look at how bright and colorful that child is. It's how so- dare you be so cynical. While, while we are doing our drug deal here on the docks. I, I believe that that it has become part of canon that Robin, as the child, is supposed to dress in bright colors mm-hmm. and then bounce around to distract and draw the fire. That's right. But the only reason why I designed him that way is because the only colors that could be printed for comic books back then were red and green and black. They were the cheapest colors at the time. They were. I they remember. were the cheapest colors at the time. I because we made the the red ink from the blood of urchins. I will I will say that um we've all learned a lot over the years, <laughs> and I don't believe at this point any color is certainly better than any other color. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a really good point. Think I to differ. So if you're just joining us, this is famous dead people on radio for Brooklyn and my 
guests today are 19th century German fashion designer and businessman Hugo Boss. Yeah. Who, whose past we will be delving into. I Do want to know. And, I don't know if it's necessary. And 20th century American comic book writer and artist Bob Kane. Excelsior. Oh, no, that's not me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, we, we interrupted you, Hugo Boss. You were talking about these other jobs you were doing with sort of like your personal rumspringa away from the lingerie store. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. I just wanted to kind of like, you know, see what else I could experience. Mm-hmm. And so I then bring that into fashion, which is my passion. Okay. Like, honestly, uh, fashion has been like the number one thing I've always cared about. So mm-hmm. like, let's say, oh, I don't know if a job opportunity comes along, uh, like a very nice job opportunity to design a whole bunch of outfits for, oh, just oodles of people. You're just like, I don't care who these people are. I don't care about their politics. I don't care about their philosophy. I'm when just you're gonna... young and hungry, you take the jobs you, you can get. the job. I understand you take completely, it. Hugo Boss. Yeah. And that's why you did things like worked as a, as an apprentice for a merchant, why you worked at the weaving mill, that sort of thing. Yes, yes, gotcha. those, those things. things. Okay, those so now things. I, know- I feel like you're skirting around something that you did. We will get to it. Don't you worry. <laughs> I'm worried. We will get so to much. it. So, I'm very much worried. Very quickly, I know that lingerie was a lot different back then in the early 1900s uh, when you took over the lingerie store that your parents owned. Would you be able to describe for us just very quickly what kind of items you would sell in the lingerie shop back then? Like, were they were they classy? Were they sexy? Like, what what what, me, what did it look like to walk into a lingerie store in the early 1900s? Let me take you on a journey. Ooh. Close your eyes. Mm-hmm. Picture Ooh. a German sex shop. Oh, <laughs> you're there. Like. It's it's like pretty like it's it's I'm not going to be there's not going to be a lot of surprises. Yeah, there was some kiki shit going on. Mm-hmm. You was know, it smelly. I mean, no, we were hygienic. That is I mean, not what I was going for, Bob Kane. I wanted to know like the items that would be sold there. Most of the sex shops I've been in have a smell of desperation. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we had that, but that's kind of like more from the customer. So this was not like a classy lingerie store. This was a place where for your kinks. It was a lovely mom and pop shop. Okay, but you said. Imagine a German sex store, and that's what I imagine. I imagined family when I think of Germany. I, I imagine wholesome togetherness. Okay. And nothing else okay. about I Germany. Bratwurst. <laughs> oh, is that? Yes, Sam bratwurst Powell. too. And pretzels. Munch, 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 munch. Let's go back over to Bob Kane for just a moment. Oh, please do. Right. So, um,. Uh, after high school, you studied art and trained as an animator. Your first job in the field was freelancing original material for a comic book called Wow, What a Magazine. Is wow, that right? What a Magazine! Okay. It's such so a now, pretentious name. Wow, What kind of a like, Magazine. Like how Prego names itself <laughs> You're Welcome. Like, that's a, a yeah. setting's a bar high. Yeah, I, am, I, I have a lot of questions about this. So, like, what was... Wow, what a magazine. Was it just comics? Because that name sounds like it could be anything. What it was was mostly comics, where instead of the characters going through adventures and doing things, they'd look out at the reader and say, you love this. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all that they would do. Gotcha. So let's say we had like a... uh, We had funny animal strips. Funny we animal strips and then Beanie Bunny. So like the animals, <laughs> Beanie Bunny, Chucky the Woodchuck. But instead of going on little adventures with their friends, they'd look out 
to the reader and say, you love this. Buy more of this funny book. What a great comic strip you are reading. This is so entertaining. What a great comic strip. It sounds so good. It's like hearkening me back to, I I believe I've read a few of these. Can you just remind me of like eight other characters you came up with? <laughs> of course. Just to jog my memory, so of course. There was Beanie Bunny. There Beanie was... Bunny. There was Chucky the Woodchuck. Chucky the right, Woodchuck. right. No, we covered those. I am talking mm-hmm. about eight more. There was Frank, who was a titmouse. <laughs> His name was Frank. There right. was a spy who was a homo sapien. <laughs> so a person, name, a person. A person okay, whose name was Rover. Surprise! Rover, <laughs> the homo sapien spy. That's right. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't see a lot of there homo sapiens. There was a brother-sister but... team who were very cute, whose names were Dot and Woody. Dot and Woody. Dot was the one I was trying the to remember. Okay, great. And, and the Woody. twist about them is that, surprise, they were fat. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't take, did not take a lot back in the day. Surprise! <laughs> so there was a serial comic that you drew for Wow What a Magazine called Hiram Hick. Do you remember Hiram Hick? Of course I remember Hiram was, Hick. I know we already ran you through the through the through the gauntlet here asking you to describe all these other characters, but just tell us a little bit about Hiram Kick, what the what the gist was. What kind of a theme? Hiram Kick? Hiram Hick. Hiram was a good family man, Mm -hmm. but the twist was that he wanted to leave his wife and marry a sandwich. Interesting. Okay. Mm. That sounds like you you can get a lot of mileage out of that. In every episode, he wanted to marry a different type of sandwich. Ooh. So So his love was fickle. Mm-hmm. Yes, Ooh. but he always loved pickles. <laughs> that was the tagline. I just stumbled into that. Oh, wow. Well, love is fickle, but he, he always, always loves loved pickles. pickles. That was unintentional, believe let's, it or not. Let's mm-hmm. go back to Hugo Boss for just a moment. Oh, so boy. after World War I, uh, you just start to start your own clothing line. You leave the lingerie shop. Uh, and it feels like a little bit of a leap because you had only worked at lingerie at this point. And so you're going you're gonna to start to make clothing, right? I mean, it's not that much of a leap. If you're ve- making the clothes that go directly onto a naked body and you mm-hmm. get those measurements correct, then it's like just do the same thing, but like up it by one. Just a little bit. Just like a little bit bigger. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. fabric. Yeah, yeah, the hard part is doing the lingerie. Everything else after that is just, like playing on easy mode. Yeah, I mean, like once you get the elastic out of there, it's like, oh, I call the shots. <laughs> okay, cool. So you started with. And I liked that power, Jared. Yes. I liked the power. Ooh, you like the of power having, of being in control. Yes. Gotcha. Having, That's something we had in common. Oh, having, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no collaborators for Hugo Boss either. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> so you started with uh, shirts and jackets. I'm assuming that these were just very simple button-down shirts and blazers, like very conservative. It's the early 1900s. So, I mean, you know. I, I mean, I like to, on the outside, yes, it might have just looked like, you know, your standard brown. Okay. But here's one thing I like to do. Ooh, okay. I like to do a little inward stitching. So mm. it would sometimes say something naughty on the inside of the something shirt. Something naughty on the inside. Inside, maybe yeah. to harken back to your lingerie store days. A little, oh, Jared, you're picking up on my subtleties. Okay, so like, what were some of the things that you would stitch on the inside of your shirts and jackets to just, just as a, a little, uh, a little homage to your humble beginnings? Oh, just I'd, I'd maybe stitch a little something like a sweetie pie <laughs> or. 
or like or like you know bad boy this or, is a lot like maybe. those candy hearts that you get for valentine's yeah, day yeah very similar you know just, i just love like, it because it's sweet and endearing yeah just like little things like you know like master race like all these cute little things master like, race master race well master like race. now yeah it's just you know a bunch of these cute little sayings like you know thug boy you know thug boy yeah okay very much things. like selena kyle and her alter ego Catwoman. And I feel like with Hugo Boss, we're burying the lead. <laughs> okay, so uh, I just, I'm, I'm going to assume, give you a bit of the doubt here, and assume that Master Race was a cute thing that you would say to your sweetie back in the day, and that this is not a weird thing to put on the inside of a jacket. I don't see how it could be interpreted as mm. anything else. Like, you look at your sweetheart and you say, you are the master and making my heart race. That, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah. why did you put the extra words in? <laughs> why didn't you add those words? I had a whole two word thing going, mm. uh, and I just wanted to keep that pattern going. It makes sense. You know, here's the thing. That's, this is the way that the vernacular works, Bob Kane, is that sometimes we just take out certain phrases or whatever just because it becomes easier to say. It's the, it's the reason why we have things like, you know, let go mm-hmm. instead of let go. Or, or and- it, it, it's, you know, we used to say guten tag, but now we just say good tag. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way that I named Catwoman originally the cat-like woman. <laughs> exactly. But it wouldn't fit Things. in the word balloons for my funny books. Things get shortened. So, uh, Hugo Boss, due to the economic climate of Germany in the 1920s, you were forced into bankruptcy. Your original uh, clothing manufacturers, you have to declare bankruptcy. My greatest shame. Yes. And so the Wikipedia isn't very descriptive about this. And I know that things were tough in Germany after losing World War One. Mm. Uh, but were there, like, would you tell us what it was like to try to operate a business in post-World War One Germany and how it was specifically difficult for you and your clothing store and how that led to bankruptcy? Well, I mean, yeah, this was, nobody wants to go spend on frivolous things and looking nice and stuff that when, when everybody is poor and sad and also feeling like losers. Cause mm-hmm. like we, we way lost that one. Yeah. We, we lost that one bad. You guys. had a bad war. <laughs> <laughs> we had one bad war. Agreed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And anyway, <laughs> We uh then we ha- went moved on uh, as all should mm-hmm. uh and you know yada 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 I decided to get into military uniforms just because I felt like that was more of a well here's the thing. I'm asking about the yada 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 part I'm asking about uh you know you you try to open up this clothing business it's difficult and everyone feels like a loser everybody has fewer yes. resources the economy's a little rocky yes that, I agree completely with Jared mm-hmm. I ha- I am and was a victim and like <laughs> and I think. Uh, you know, when you're kind of like, you know, exploring yourself and you're trying to sell and nobody is buying. So you mm-hmm. try to make very, you know, uh, approachable clothes. Maybe you cut back on some of the uh, sweeter phrases that you, you do little inward mm-hmm. stitches just for you and your friends and your people. You just want to sell maybe the most popular phrase shirts. Like, for example, Master Race, I'm assuming, was very popular. Oh, it was a big seller for you because <laughs> many people had racing hearts. It, it You know, that was... Yeah, I'm going to say that's what I thought at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it it did catch on like wildfire. Like wildfire. And like, we will get to that in just a moment. We're going to have to take a break. I don't think we need to. We're going to take a break in just a moment. But before oh, we boy. do, I wanted to ask you, uh, Bob Kane, very quickly. It's me. Uh, <laughs> so you did work for other companies. You, you did a, a comic strip called Oscar the Gumshoe for what would later 
for the companies that later merged into DC Comics. This is true. His shoes were made of gum. Mm, okay. Oh, so this was an actual gum shoe mm-hmm. guy. So he, he was a he was a detective. I'm assuming like that's what we we know of, of gum shoes is that this was probably a detective yes, comic strip. Candy crimes. <laughs> oh, okay, interesting. I was wondering because what I wanted to know was you know Batman eventually becomes. A detective the Dark character. Knight detective. Yeah, were there oh, things? Was correct. Were there things about Oscar the Gumshoe that would later become part of Batman's character? You know, were there things that you took from there that you helped develop into the detective that Batman would eventually become? Yes, he had a butler whose name was Peppermint. Peppermint, and he okay. would scream at him. <laughs> Bloody murder. He'd say, Peppermint, why isn't my bed turned down? Peppermint, where is my foie gras? Mm. And that is exactly what Bruce Wayne, the alter ego of Batman, the Dark Knight Avenger, that (laughs) is what Bruce Wayne was like in his relationship with his caregiver, Alfred. Mm, Interesting. I mean, a lot of the Batman stuff that I've seen and read, there's a much more loving relationship between him and Alfred. After I was done writing that strip, Mm. when I wrote him... Bruce Wayne handled Alfred with a heavy hand. Gotcha. May, may I ask what what made you decide to change that tone? Because obviously you changed it. You, you were the one that decided to I change it. I did it, yes. I did it myself. I did it because times were changing and we were treating our butlers better. Mm. So I decided that I would have Bruce Wayne, the Batman, <laughs> treat his butler, Alfred, the Englishman, better. <laughs> Okay, so back then, it was weird if you treated your butler nicely, then the times changed, and so Batman and Bruce Wayne changed with those times. It was socially incorrect. Gotcha. (laughs) It's why at the end of every Batman adventure, penned by Bob Kane for the first ten years, Batman and Robin would give each other a slap in the face. Mm, Was that, that was a regular thing back then, a slap in the face? Yes, it was the way that two heterosexual men proved that they were not in love with each other. (laughs) Just a slap in the face? Yes. If there was ever a question... Have a good night, Jerry. Slap! If there was ever a question about whether or not two guys were gay... They could solve it by just slapping each other in the face when they say goodbye. Just give be like, a little whack. Couple of good, bam, pow. Couple of good regular Joes there. Unfortunately, we got to take a short break, but we'll be right back with Bob Kane and Hugo Boss on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. Just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars. Leave a comment. Tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us. Whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 
uh, 19th century German fashion designer and businessman, founder of the clothing company Hugo Boss, Mr. Hugo Boss. Hey. And a 20th century American comic book writer and artist, co-creator of the DC Comics character Batman, Bob Kane. I'm old! So, uh, I couldn't help but notice a sort of uh, dire, down-in-the-mouth attitude in you, Hugo Boss, just now. And I yeah. predict it's because you know what we're going to be asking about next. I mean, do we need to? I think I, it's really interesting, and I think this would be a good opportunity for you to get on the record about what actually happened back then. So, all right, as I already mentioned, you were forced into bankruptcy due to the economic climate of Germany at the time, mm. but in 1931, you reach an agreement with your creditors, and you are left with six sewing machines to start again. This was coincidentally the same year that you joined the Nazi party. Now, oh, no, now joined. I know I saw that coming from a mile away, but hearing it out loud, it's a whole other thing. Biff bam pow. Okay. Now joined, joined is such a such a ooh, such a just, correct word. Uh, well, oh, such an accurate word. Such, what a, such a like it implies that like I was like, oh, what am I going to do today? Should I join a soccer league? No, I'll be a Nazi. No, like it's mm-hmm. like. You know, hands were tied. Again, remember, remember, like, uh, uh, right before the break, I'm the victim. But you are, you, it was rough back then. Rough. I can empathize with you. It was rough back you. then. The I, economy, am I right? <laughs> the economy was bad. I was also the victim. Yes. Mm, I'm sorry, how were you a victim, Bob All Kane? of my underlings claiming that they created the Batman, or they created the Robin, or they mm-hmm. created the cat-like woman. <laughs> When it was me who thought of all these wonderful ideas to my own imagination. But here comes Jerry Robinson claiming Mm -hmm. that it was me. Or Bill Finger saying, I'm the one who wrote the story. Him the finger. Ooh, I feel like you've been sitting on that one. That one was in the (laughs) chamber. (laughs) That's what I always say when I hear his name. Okay. (laughs) I've been saying it for the last 80 years. So we'll get to we'll get to the credit issues and we'll get to Bill Finger in just a moment. But so I have to imagine, Hugo Boss, that you were only able to reach this agreement to get out of bankruptcy because you joined the Nazi party. I have to imagine that they had a lot of pullback then, and this is a way that you saw of getting your business back on track. Look, is that right? I mean, here's this deal. Mm-hmm. You know, the economy is not doing well, and you're a clothing maker, and nobody is approaching you to buy clothes. Mm-hmm. Then, this one game in town, only game in town shows okay. up. And they're like, well, guess what? We need a lot of crows, preferably all very similar, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, tailored a certain way. And I thought, you know what? That sounds good. D- cut. Read no further. <laughs> I'm, I, I, let's do it. Let's do a handshake, a gentleman's agreement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, you know. So now, would you say then, because I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to. I'm gonna lob this one at you, Hugo oh, Boss. Boy. It's gonna be a real, a real soft lob in your direction. Okay. So, did you actually feel inspired by the Nazi Party's philosophy? Were you on board with the Nazi Party? Were you excited about what they were doing? Were you happy to be involved, or was this literally just a financial decision that you were making to try to save your company? You know, Jared. This silence speaks I, I, volumes. You know, listen, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, Mister Interviewer. May I answer your question? <laughs> okay. Well, am I am I am, am I on the spot here? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, should we put me on a spit? It rope? just seems I like the victim. Are, you're just... tied to a giant pendulum <laughs> of death. It Here's swings the deal. back and forth until you answer the question. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. Okay. 
So, there's this guy. Let's call him Adolf. Adolf. Okay. Let's call him Adolf Hitler. Okay. You're referring to the holder of the spear of destiny, <laughs> Hitler. <laughs> Yeah, okay. and he never let me see it once. Oh, How dare a, he? What a mean guy. Just, um, just very miserly. Okay, so this guy, uh, ironically Adolf considering. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yes. wow. Uh, okay. But anyway, uh, so I wasn't like super gung-ho about it all, but, you know, he was charismatic. You know, mm-hmm. okay, try, okay, try and put yourself in my shoes. Okay. The country's in turmoil. Ugh. It's hard. You're financially not doing great. Financially not doing great. All yeah. of a sudden, this very impassionate speaker comes along. Mm-hmm. Maybe he looks a little weird. Maybe he has some sort of hair that doesn't look like normal hair. But, but definitely kinda, with the most popular facial hair at the time. The most popular. The okay. most popular. The biggest words. He has all of these things. Mm-hmm. And you get kind of like sucked into this. You get swept up in the momentum in of the what's momentum. going on there. So, exactly. Okay. I'm with you, Hugo Boss. I understand what you're trying to say. So uh, you got swept up in the fervor of what was going on in Germany at the time. And it also, coincidentally, was really good for your business financially. It's a, uh, there were mouths to feed. Gotcha. And so, also, you know, like, we there were so many mouths, we maybe needed to clear out a few of the mouths. Now, I'm just, I'm just so, saying. So, so in Germany, you had to clear out some of the mouths. I'm just saying lots of mouths, very little food. <laughs> Sweep away the refuse. <laughs> out with the old, in with the new. Bim, I, bim, Bit, you know, harsher now, than before, I would say. Before well, yeah. we move on, I just wanted to ask you were there other conditions of your bankruptcy agreement? Like, you get these six sewing machines. Were there other things that you had to agree to do that either had to do with the Nazi party or didn't have to do with the Nazi party uh, in order to settle on a way to handle your debt and continue your business? Agree to do was just make a bunch of the uniforms. Okay. And, yeah. and, and okay. Listen, Hitler, bad guy. No, mm-hmm. you know, first first one in line to say bad guy Hitler. Okay, you that's boss me. did not like Hitler. Bad guy. Hitler, a real two-face. <laughs> <laughs> that said, he did allow me a lot of artistic freedom to kind of like create my, you know, symmetrical, very symmetrical. Your uniforms. The uniforms. Mm. I like them to be crisp. Gotcha. I like them to be clean and sharp, and I thought that everyone walking by will respect them and will really dig this look. This guy, Hitler, he's a bad guy, but he is giving me a lot of good models for my ideas. We're walking around showcasing my designs. Bad, the bad guy, good opportunities, mm-hmm. Harvey Weinstein. You know, it happens. It happens to the best of us. Now, you you mentioned Hitler, Bob Kane was a real two-faced. A two-faced. But I'm wondering, I'm wondering if there's another uh villain in the DC universe that maybe is uh more of a Hitler character. If you want to stand by two-faced, that's fine. But I'm just saying, since you know, we're gonna get we're gonna open the floor here to see like are there other other characters. Yes, another one of my greatest creations. Mm-hmm. The calendar man! <laughs> calendar man. <laughs> 
Hitler was like the calendar man. The man who based his crimes on the calendar. Not, yeah. They both loved 420. They loved it. <laughs> That's right. Both of them. Not a lot of people know that 420 was uh, Hitler's birthday. Okay. The closest I had to Hitler in my life was my editor, Sheldon Moldoff. Mm, oh, that guy was a real, he was, he was a real Nazi, that guy. Well, he was strict when it came to deadlines, but he said, Bob, you do whatever you please. Oh, so and that's, that's when I created the Batmite. Yeah. The six-dimensional <laughs> mite who flew around with Batman having adventures. I just want to say one thing for mm-hmm. the listener mm-hmm. who maybe isn't as familiar with your work. Okay. So Batmite and Calendar Man yes. are not... Like some people listening to this might think, oh, yes, this is a ridiculous, funny joke. No, 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 was no. Real. The Batman was real. As is Calendar Man, mm-hmm. very yeah. popular characters. Yes, these I are all real these things. things from my fertile brain. So, Bob Kane, let's talk about, we already touched on this a little bit, but in 1939, DC has this breakout success with Superman, and everybody starts scrambling to create similar superheroes. And it was an is fervor that you conceive of the Batman. Yes. You went the total opposite. So, do you remember... Well, well, first of all, the original Batman was very similar to Superman, but, you know... We, we We got into... <laughs> we got into that a little bit earlier. So, do you remember any of the other characters that DC or any of the writers came up with that were also trying to compete with Superman, but that didn't maybe take off the way that Batman did. Absolutely. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about it. Who who are these other Superman competitors? That Muscle people were... Boy! Muscle Boy, all right. He was a strong boy. Okay, and I say boy, is this like a child? Yes. Like someone in high school? He was nine! He was a, a nine-year-old boy named Muscle Boy. And he ran around okay. throwing cars. Ooh, okay. Not very successful. Okay, I mean, was there a reason why he was throwing the cars, or was it just... Uh... I think that's why the strip did didn't do as well as they had hoped was, is he was overturning cars hither and thither okay. but there was no real motivation for muscle boy <laughs> to be doing such things okay yeah, and he, i imagine it's like when you see those videos on youtube of like the the eight-year-olds that are insanely cut like yes. it's like this That's is disconcerting like. to look at Mm-hmm. I don't it like it. It was grotesque. It, it ja. makes me feel bad. Yes. Ja. It uh, was body horror. Before we before we move on, were there any other uh, Superman-esque characters that you wanted to uh, share with us that maybe didn't take off? Absolutely. This was a character that was very popular later on, but initially was a Superman-like character. Mm-hmm. Cyborg! Cyborg! Yes, of oh. the Teen Titans! So Cyborg was originally part of this... When uh, he was created in the late 30s, mm-hmm. Cyborg was a plank of metal! Uh, just a plank of metal. <laughs> yes, just a piece of metal! Just an inanimate... No, I'm sorry, not a piece of metal, a plank of a metal. A plank of metal! Someone sculpted a, a piece two of metal. Yes. Of they metal. sculpted the metal, and then the neighborhood children would throw him around. Okay. And he'd go on adventures, <laughs> oblique slowly, depending on whether the children were available to throw him to his next location. I see. And so, the cyborg this man. character somehow managed to hold on long enough to be developed into what we now know today to be cyborg. Yes. Yes. The DC Universe's cornerstone character, the cyborg. <laughs> He's very Currently popular. being featured in DC Comics periodicals. Yes. Pick them up at your local newsstand. Yes, and uh, the Justice League movie, I believe. He the is Justice in. League film. Mm-hmm. And uh, the upcoming Doom Patrol. The Ooh. Doom Patrol. Can't wait to check that one out. On 
DC Universe streaming <laughs> services. So according to the Wikipedia, you were inspired by the character Zorro for the Batman. Yes. And also you were inspired by a film that I had never heard of from 1930 called The Bat Whispers. Yes, The Bat Whispers. Can you tell us anything about the movie The Bat Whispers from 1930? And it's what... a nature film. <laughs> okay. Where bats are whispering to each other in mm-hmm. dulcet tones. Ooh, okay. There's a romantic undertone as Ma- one bat makes another bat his betrothed. Okay. Can... can- May I be so bold as to ask you to break us off a piece? I'm sorry, what? I would like to hear what it sounds like when a bat whispers. Of Ooh. course, I'm happy to. I'll have to tone it down for the first time in my life. <laughs> okay. Here we go. I'm a bat, I'm a bat. I'm a bat, I'm a bat, I'm a bat. And then the female bat goes, I am also a bat, I'm also a bat, I'm also a bat. I'm also a bat, I'm also a bat, I'm also a bat. It was a big hit in the art house circuit. Mm, gotcha. That's. I mean, it sounds of great. The thirties. Well, so this was a this was a nature documentary. Yes. Uh, not that unlike what we now know today to be like Planet Earth. Certainly. Or, you know, you'd things. get blazed and watch <laughs> the Bat Whispers <laughs> in your local cinematheque. So what was it besides the obvious that it was a, a nature film about bats? Was there anything else that you took from that that you were like, oh, this would be really great for my new superhero character, the Batman? Absolutely. The film was hosted by a host named Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon was the guy who narrated and hosted this nature film? Yes. Hmm, okay. Resplendent with his pipe and mustache. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, that sounds really interesting. So I put it's him a real, into my funny book. It's a real one-to-one there. Uh, for those yeah. of you who are just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are 20th century American comic book writer and artist Bob Kane. It's me, the Kane Man. And 19th century German fashion designer and businessman Hugo Boss. It's me, the uh, Boss Man. Let's go back to uh, Hugo Boss for just a moment. Okay. So... Uh, Obviously, joining the Nazi party ended up being an extremely shrewd and lucrative move for you. Oh, you put so, uh, oh, you put so many words together your, so quickly. Your company in the 1930s, Hugo Boss, is responsible for producing all the uniforms for the SS, the Hitler Youth, and also other government services like the Postal Service, the rail employees. You eventually produced the... Um, uh, the the uniforms for the I believe they're called the Wurstag the entire Wurstag, yes. army of the Nazi Germany of Bratwurst. <laughs> now you so you mentioned earlier that these were your designs, but according to Wikipedia, you weren't actually designing these. You were only manufacturing them. The designs were by two men, uh, Karl Diebich and Walter Heck. Oh man! But I'm wondering. Yeah. Because you said earlier that these were your designs. Like, how did did you have any collaborations with these two? Were they giving you designs and you were just making what you wanted? Let me like, let me let me let you in on the real story because it stopped being collaboration. Like, you you make a deal with Adolf Hitler, you think mm-hmm. he's going to keep his word, and 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 uh, so far, not so much. Hmm, uh, that's you, interesting. I've never heard that about Hitler that he was unreliable. Yeah, no, and you you brought up those two chuckle. Clucks, uh, <laughs> Carl, Carl D. Bitch and Walter Heck. Yeah, yeah, I call her D. Bitch and Heck is right. Ooh, uh, wow. That's good. I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering if those, those, uh, Phrases and vernaculars were even something that people in Germany in the 1930s would understand. I not a lot of people got it, but mm-hmm. I, that's why I'm happy to be here. Gotcha. I feel I feel heard. Finally, an audience for these sick burns. Fi- thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, not like the sick burns that were going on inside where I had to be. You know, let's not even. <laughs> anyway, here's what happened. 
I was. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Listen, I'm on mm-hmm. your side of this fence. Mm. Uh, I was. I just. I. I designed the costumes. Mm-hmm. The, that's what I call some costumes. costumes makes like, it seem a lot cuter than what they were doing. It's fun. Yeah. It's supposed to be. Clothing is supposed to be fun. And then D bitch and heck boy, mm-hmm. they go ahead and they uh, Adolf passes off my designs to them, mm-hmm. and there's things that I like aesthetically. I like neatness. I like symmetry. I like angles. I like sharpness. Mm-hmm. And then, all of a sudden, these red armbands show up on my work, throwing mm. off the symmetry. Entirely. And Whoa. I knew that, okay, it was time for me to take a stand. Okay. And so I decided, while part of the regime, to start, you know, putting little little notes here and there to make them look as bad guys as possible. Interesting. So you were giving these guys these very clean and uniform uniforms. Yes. Uh, they had decided to throw a red Nazi armband Me on them. Ruined the whole aesthetic. And you're like, this looks terrible. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start adding designs into this that tell everybody that they're the bad guys. I added skulls. Okay. I, added, I had a lot of stuff that like basically like giving, you know, the benefit to history. I'll be like, in the future, they'll look back and go like, Oh, yeah, blatantly, these were the bad guys. Fascinating. So it's similar to, like, Oscar Schindler used his factory to make ammunition for the Nazis, but he famously sabotaged the ammunition to help the Allied war effort. Is that... Very this was like, similar. This was like I, a sabotage that you were doing? Very similar. Like, I was... I was inside man! I was not okay with the, you know, the rounding up of the people mm-hmm. and then, you know, the torture and the murder. And then that red sash happened. I was like, straw camel back done. I'm going to take a stand right here and I'm going to do my part to subvert the the authority. The red armband was the straw that broke Hugo Boss's back and you decided then to become an agent for the allies. When you put it like that, I sound shallow. Listen, I went, if the red armband had come before the Jew thing, mm-hmm. then I, the Jew thing would probably would have been the thing that broke the back. Like, it's just I mean, what came next. It's, it's just, just what came next. It's like, listen, I'm a, I'm a Nazi, not an asshole. Yeah, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes uh, that makes perfect sense to me. So you would say you, in, in essence, were the original designer, but then these guys kind of collaborated and ruined this thing that you loved, and that's the reason why you sort of began subverting the Nazi agenda again, Jared. A reason, please, like, because I feel like you, I feel like you're hearing me, okay. but then when you say things back, right, you we'll don't say, like not really we'll giving say, it enough. In addition to all the bad things the Nazis were doing, thank you. This was part of this was Donka. part of your inspiration. Okay. Uh, Let's go back over to Bob Kane for just a moment. So in preparation for this interview, I found the original Batman comic online, the very first one. Oh, and I read it. Crimes of the Chemical Syndicate. That's right. And there is not a lot in there of what we know of Batman. There's no origin story. We don't know a lot about his character. Bruce Wayne is smoking a pipe. He is smoking a pipe. What I love, one of the things I love about it is... That in the first panel, it's like, it's like, here are the tales of the mysterious Batman whose identity is yet unknown. And then the next panel, it's Commissioner Gordon hanging out with, with his Bru- friends. With Bruce! Bruce Wayne. Just hanging out with his with his friend Bruce Wayne. This is true. Now, They're having a little talk. Tete-a-tete. A tete-a-tete. <laughs> Commissioner oh, Gordon. Balloons. Commissioner Gordon gets a phone call. And he finds out, oh my God, there's been a murder. Yes. Uh, this guy's son is a suspect. We have his fingerprints on the knife. Absolutely. Bruce Wayne, I gotta go investigate this murder. And then he invites Bruce Wayne 
to come along with him to the murder investigation. You're doing a wonderful job remembering my comic. So I just read this yesterday. Yeah. You uh, said that. You said that like it sounded incredulous. Have you ever seen Ride Along? Uh, it happens. The movie Ride Along with uh, uh, was it Kevin Hart? Uh, you're, Is that right? You bet your butt it was Kevin Hart. Problematic. Okay. So. <laughs> Was this, how common was this back then that cops would just bring their friends along to investigate murders with them or other similar crimes? If you were a millionaire philanthropites like mm. Bruce Wayne, yes. then you would be invited everywhere. Gotcha. To every crime scene. I don't know. If to we, every bris. I don't know. If we To brises? Yes, everywhere. Were brises crime scenes back then? They yes. should have been. <laughs> they were. The Jews had to conduct them in secret. We really had a tripwire here for Hugo Boss. <laughs> yes. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Got very have... strong feelings about circumcision. There's just a couple of things that you don't cross the line on. <laughs> You're and... one of those anti-circumcision guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But who's completely fine with Jews? Yes. Who's fine with you Jews? You love the Jews. Let's, let's be clear. I'm not a blanket anybody. I like some Jews. <laughs> Jared, you seem great. I'm all right. I'm I, right Bob Kane, let it be known, I'm also a Jew. Could not tell from your manner of speech. I know. And uh, is that the reason why, you, I know you changed your last name, Bob Kane. It was originally Khan. Yes. And you changed it to Kane. Was that to hide your, your Judaism? No, it was because of the Star Trek villain, Khan. <laughs> he was making I life want, difficult for you. I didn't want people on the street going, Khan. Uh, that would have been annoying. I also, guess. you're so sweet, so you're more like Kane Sugar. That's mm. right. Right, I'm more like sugar cane because I'm a sweetie pie. <laughs> sweetie pie. One of the things that Hugo Boss used to sew on the inside of his jacket. Sweetie pie. A little, sweetie pie. A little sweetie pie. Maybe a little do for dark. Gotcha. So, uh, so, so Commissioner Gordon brings his friend Bruce Wayne along. At and the Bruce end of the Wayne comic. Says, oh, yes, I will attend this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. And he's like, they're both smoking pipes. And he's looking around this murder investigation. They oh, fascinating. love their pipes. Honestly, if someone said, hey, you want to go check out this murder investigation? I'd be like, heck, yes. Let's see this new experience. You see, that's not. I, I, My first question would be, is that cool? Like, it doesn't if seem like I should be allowed to is do offering, that. It's cool. I would only attend a murder investigation if it was at a chemical syndicate. <laughs> <laughs> so... At the end of the comic, Batman punches the bad guy into a vat of acid. Yes, the acid devours him, eats away at his bones. And Batman says a fitting, fitting end for, for his kind. For his kind. Yes. This obviously goes against the philosophy that Batman should not kill things. Except bad guys. Okay, but this eventually develops. And, and fire eaters and, and sword swallowers. And, as evidenced in wait, the film, wait. Batman returns when he Batman kills? murders a fire eater by Setting him on fire. I don't remember yeah. that part of that. Well, movie. Yes, I mean, first he's of all, burned alive. First of all, delightfully ironic, and mm-hmm. second of all, like <laughs> I'm, I'm maybe am, am I wrong? Am I the only one in the room that's like okay with maybe killing a freak or two? Like I'm, I'm just fine kidding, with like, it. Just I like, am not. I'm not okay as with it. As long as they are killed, get, get in it. A fun, I want to go. No, I'm not on board. In a fun and ironic way. Absolutely. So if a sword swallower gets stabbed with a sword. Hilarious. Two-face. Cut in half. (laughs) Oh, so good. The Joker laughing himself to death. A Jew destitute. You know, it's all fun. (laughs) Wait a second. What? (laughs) I got to pull the pin on this. Uh, So how many, just out of curiosity. So Batman, earlier in his career, 
He was only he was killing people, but he's only killing criminals. He was only killing bad guys. Is that right? Only criminals or bad little boys. He would kill bad boys? Naughty boys. So what, what's the thing that a little boy would do that Batman would then come in and, and kill the boy? One of my favorite early stories was mm-hmm. one with a boy, truant from school. His name was Benny, mm-hmm. and Batman throws him into a vat of acid <laughs> and says, a fitting end for his kind. kind. And then all the little boys and girls reading my funny books would say, ooh, can't I be truant for the schooling, mm-hmm. or else Batman will sneak into my room in the middle of the night, throw me into a vat of acid. The last thing I will hear as my ears are being singed off <laughs> is, a fitting end for his kind. I love this idea of that is that if they avoid school, get home, mm-hmm. fall asleep at night. Mm-hmm. That is when the Pat- Batman Batman comes. will keep an eye Batman on you. Batman will be like, he's got this like, no, oh, that one missed second period. Batman so- only comes in the nighttime. Mm-hmm. The grim avenger of the night. <laughs> <laughs> if you are disciplined during the day, Robin the boy wonder comes mm. and, and he pokes you silly. <laughs> He just gives you a little poke. He gives you tiny pokes. That's how Robin with his disciplines his beloved you. green hands. <laughs> yes. Uh, unfortunately, we are quickly running out of time here on Famous Dead People. Just have time for one more question for uh, Hugo Boss. Oh, boy. Uh, so the war ends. Everybody who worked for or with the Nazis, they are being punished. They're being put on trial for their involvement. Uh-oh. You were initially labeled as an activist, supporter, and beneficiary of the Nazi party. You are banned from running your business. There's a heavy fine put on you and other punishments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're not allowed to vote anymore, I believe. No. Uh, but they this, just took that one right away. This charge was appealed, though, and you were relabeled as a follower instead, which mm-hmm. is a category that had a much less severe punishment. Do you remember if there was any specific evidence that you presented to help your case? Something that you showed them that was like, look, I wasn't actually passionate about the Nazi party, but instead I was just following orders. Straight up, Jared, is pretty much everything I've said here. Like, like mm-hmm. the, once they added, the, they broke the symmetry. Mm-hmm. Germans are a very specific people. We like our chocolate a certain way. Mm-hmm. We like our clothing a certain way. Okay. You know, we like our people a certain way. And we, we when I showed off how they broke off from my designs, mm-hmm. I mean, well, I was... I, obviously, I got swept up into this whole thing. Like, okay. you know, it, it's it's... Oh. Was there was there a piece of evidence, a smoking gun, if you will, that proved your innocence, like a letter or I don't know, uh, uh, like like a design that you had submitted that you maybe put in your safe and was like, this is gonna what I'm gonna use to prove my innocence. Should this all go south? There was a very secret design mm. of the original, not the original, like the Mark Three, if you will, mm-hmm. of uh, the. Uh, uh, Lieutenant officer's uniform, black, uh, very 90s shoulder pads, but still, like, also commanding. It oh, kind of worked for that. Janet Jackson. Oh, <laughs> see, you get it. Yes. And I, I, on that drawing that I put so much care into, from little, you know, D-bitch, you can see a note says, maybe some red. And that's what I submitted mm-hmm. as, like, look at what they're doing. They're ruining my baby. They're taking my baby from me. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like It's like they're taking my baby as far away from me as possible, putting me in a separate place from my baby, doing horrible things to both of us. I can't even see what is happening. Is my metaphor too stretching? No, no, no. I'm, 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 uh, I'm picking up what you're putting down. And so they looked at this 
this piece of evidence and, and they, they said felt for me. obviously this is a man who who was taken out of his comfort zone he is and and you know through no fault of his own he just got swept up in the momentum of what was happening I, it was and you know i'm just i'm just so glad that you know now my company can be run and it's almost like everyone's forgotten the whole thing. Yeah, like, you know, everybody's forgotten that Hugo Boss is only around today because they were they were uh, they financially benefited from Nazi collaboration. And which is such a blessing. Thank you all for that, by the way. <laughs> I appreciate it. Blessed. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag indeed. blessed indeed. Blessed indeed. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. I would like to thank my guests Hugo Boss and Bo- Nazi collaborator Hugo Boss and Bob Kane well, no, no, for joining me in the studio today. I have one final question for you both. It's a little weird, I know, but I'd like to end the show by asking if there's any uh, comedy shows or podcasts or Twitter accounts that you're really big fans of that you want to tell people about. Um, uh, Nazi uh, uh, Nazi sympathizer and supporter Hugo Boss, anything I, that you wanted I to... I uh, really don't <laughs> like that title. <laughs> anything I you really want to tell people don't. about? Uh, well, now that you've called me <laughs> a Nazi sympathizer, let mm-hmm. me plug comedian Aaron Gold. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> who is Jewish from, you know, you can just tell from the name right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got That's to- offensive. <laughs> I, I think he'd be okay with it. Okay. In fact, I'm probably sure his Twitter and Instagram feeds have him being self-deprecating mm, in that sense. Okay. Jews! Uh, <laughs> uh, so you can follow him at Hey, It's Aaron Gold. He also has a delightful podcast called Don't Mind If I Don't, uh, where fans and experts of things he does not like convince him why he is wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one final thing, there is a monthly show here in New York City uh, at the Magnet Theater uh, called You Are Not Alone, an uplifting show about depression. Uh, if you are listening to this on the radio, this Thursday at uh, 8.30 at the Magnet Theater on the 7th. It will be there. If you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, March 7th at 8.30. No matter where you are, the 7th at 8.30. Wonderful. And uh, Bob Kane, anything you want to tell people about? I want to talk about my best friend, Louis Perlman. <laughs> Also a Jew, but he denies it when he's asked if he's Jewish by the Hasidim on the subway. I do too. Jared Berenstein denies it also. And, and, and I've got a strong inkling that Aaron Gold is like, not me, dude, no. Okay. Louis Perlman has a radio show and a podcast with his friend Kyle Gordon that's called Kick the Jukebox, where he discusses albums and songs that he loves and you can listen to it on kpiss.fm yes it's a streaming radio station that is called kpiss you can log you can find it on kpiss at kpiss.fm and look up kick the jukebox and you'll find his show that's what he he, he wants me to plug bob Kane, <laughs> the creator solo creator of the batman mm-hmm. also is that it's so interesting uh your favorite comedian and best friend louis perlman was on an episode of Aaron Gold's podcast, Don't Mind If I Don't, talking about Riverdale. It's true, talking Ooh. about the teen sensation Riverdale. All those things that I want my uh, my my listening audience to check out. Also check out my stuff at JaredBarenstein.com, buy my book, The Kelly and Conway Technique. Hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. It's me, <laughs> Bob Kane. I created the Batman. Okay. The Dark Avenger of the Night. Everybody likes Jarrett. Let me know when it's loud enough or too loud for you guys. Sounds good for you? I'm pretty sure. Did that not work? Try number two instead. Yeah. Maybe number two is better. Louie, you're still good. 
That's my question for you. Uh, okay, Beyonce, convince <laughs> me why I should like Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> I know what he did to you. Yeah, I know what he did. Yeah. <laughs> I know about lemonade. So, <laughs> I, know. so I feel like I, I'm... I'm